Welcome to the Hen L Sports Podcast with your hosts, Henry and Elliot. Um, so today, guys, we're just going to do a two topic pod, two or three, and we're going to elaborate more because I feel like 45 minutes of kind of just us reading what the main stuff, we should elaborate more. So we're just going to try and try this and see how it goes. But let's go back to last week's NFL week and week eight. So, after the week, we have two undefeated teams still, for the 49ers and the Patriots. Yeah, and both of these teams look really good, specifically the Patriots. In my opinion, they have the best defense in the league. It's pretty clear and obvious. Um, they created three straight turnovers on three straight plays against the Browns. And also, for the 49ers, their defense is really good, too. One question... I have between the two teams is is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to make big throws at big times when they are in need of a big play. And we will see that when he plays a good team because they've played good teams it's just they haven't looked challenged at all cuz they'll randomly have their running back just make a good cut every single game like they'll switch off Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. And they just look very good. And the Patriots, on the other hand, their defense looks amazing. And Tom Brady looks very good with that great offensive line. He can also escape the pocket a little bit still if they get in trouble. But the Detroit Lions, our team, looked a little bit shaky against the New York Giants with Matt Stafford's opening drive being an interception. Yeah, for sure. Um, very, very unexpectedly close game there it was kind of more close it was kind of closer because of garbage time but still the fact that it was the Lions only won by five points kind of scares me a little bit if they want to be a playoff team they can't just beat the Giants by five points and expect to roll through these other teams in their division like the Bears and the Vikings and the Packers I mean, we already seen them lose to the Packers and the Vikings both one time. And we hope that they can win out in the division. That doesn't mean that they'll win the division because I think the Packers and the Vikings are only a two, two-team two race right now because yeah. their records are very good. Yeah, it's going to be hard for the Lions to make the playoffs because the NFC right now is so loaded everywhere. And I don't see away, in my opinion, where the Lions have a chance to make the playoffs. And staying in the NFC, um, although the 49ers are the top team record-wise in the NFC, uh, the Saints and the Packers have looked very impressive, especially the Saints without Bridgewater or without Breeze up until this week. And they look still very impressive without or with Breeze. Definitely look better with Breeze. I think he just completes the team. Obviously, and that connection with between him and Michael Thomas is very, very scary. And with the Packers, they've been doing most of their, they've been winning most of their games without their star receiver Devonte Adams and with turf toe. Yeah, and when he comes back, which could be this week, week nine, they could be very, they could be set up in a very, very good position. And. On our next topic, the Chiefs may look bad in that AFC West without Mahomes, but they said he could come back next week. I don't think he 
is going to come back week 9, but I think week 10 is probably a good assumption for when he comes back because they may want to give him an extra week, uh, get, get him healthy, and they can afford to have a fourth loss because they still have a, a very good chance of winning out and their division is not very good. And as long as they get a top two seed, it doesn't really matter. But there could always be a team like the Colts who can roll up and play extra tough that game. So I don't think it's a big chance that they'll win out, like you said. But let's move on to the trade deadline this year. And we can both agree it was very boring besides the Aqib Talib trade. I don't even think that was that big of a trade. Uh, it was, in my opinion, the most anticlimactic trade deadline I have ever seen in my life. There were so many rumors with, like, Melvin Gordon going to the Lions, Jamal Adams. Or the Bills for Melvin Gordon. Jamal Adams going to the Cowboys. Le'Veon Bell, even in rumors, going to the Chiefs or the Texans. Trent Williams in rumors. A lot of big rumors. And the only thing that happened all day was really when Trent Williams said he was going to end his holdout, which is, I mean, I guess you could say big news, but it's an offensive lineman for one of the bottom four teams in the league that no one really cares about at this point. Right, and I think we were all pretty disappointed because we wanted Melvin Gordon. Well, Kenny and Drake got traded yesterday to the Arizona Cardinals, who are without Trace Edmonds and David Johnson, most importantly. So they needed a running back. And do you think they can still compete? Maybe not this week as they're playing the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. But if they get David Johnson back, which... After this week, you can probably see that he's definitely their clear-cut number one running back and should get 85 to 90% of the touches and only get spelled when he needs a break because he's obviously the number one running back and a top seven running back in the league. And Chase Edmonds shouldn't be getting all these carries. But I do still think they can compete because they throw the ball so much and they're going to score a lot of points. But... I still think they're maybe a year or two away from really being a really good team. Yeah, I also do think that too because I think the relationship between Cliff Klingsbury and um, Kyler Murray is going to get more, more like, I don't know, you could say, you could say like better, but I think it will actually become to like a young, young, like, Brady Belichick relationship not as good as that, but I think they will become to that because they were both so young. And let's go to to the Steelers. They don't look out of it with the win on Monday night last night. Yeah, they do look very, very inexperienced, young. Hard to tell with them. They beat the Dolphins by thirteen points, but they were down for most of the first half and. I don't really know with them. Uh, they could be good one week. They could be bad one week. So you don't know. They, they obviously could be a playoff team because besides really the, the top five teams, there's really no clear-cut team, number six team in the AFC, and you can make a case for the Steelers being that number six team. Um, let's go to the AFC South with the Texans, Colts, Titans, and Jaguars. Jaguars containing of it they all look better than they started and they look like that division race could be great yeah I still don't think that the division itself has good teams 
But I just think that the race for the first team could be very good with all the teams being 500 or above, even the Titans, with the fact that they benched their starting quarterback in Ryan or uh, Marcus Mariota for Ryan Tannehill, who's actually looked solid in these two weeks. But you can make a case for all four of those teams making the playoffs as that most likely number four seed out of the um, AFC. AFC. And I don't think there's a possibility that two teams from this division make the playoffs. I do think there is because the Colts and the Texans look like the teams to be, be in this division. And if you look at the standings right now, actually they do have the number – I'm pretty sure three-slash-four team in the Colts, who's they're winning the division right now. And the fifth seed right now is actually the Houston Texans, or maybe they're the sixth, sixth seed. But in that case, they're still in the playoffs, and I do think that this division will get two teams, most likely being the Colts or the Texans. And I'm going to change my mind. I do agree with you. Now that I'm looking at it, the AFC does not look promising. This. The AFC North only has one team that I think can compete for the playoff spot, which is the Baltimore Ravens. And the AFC East, I think, have two because of the Bills' really weak schedule. We have been we were talking about it before. They beat the Jets by a point. They beat the Giants by 14, which was a good win. They beat the Bengals by four. They beat the Titans by a touchdown. And they beat the Dolphins by 10. This team looks really overrated, which is our next topic. Um. Yes, Speaking of that, if you total up the two points between the games against the Bengals and the Dolphins, that's a total of only 14 points in a win. And most teams have been beating the Dolphins and the Bengals by at least 14 points, not 14 points total, especially for a team that has playoff aspirations and... I don't know with them. They're just not good, and I still think they'll make the playoffs, but I do think most likely I'd say 95% chance they're a first-round exit right now. Yeah, I do too because I think they'll be a 12-4 and wild card because of their really weak schedule. The Browns look terrible, which we'll get to next. So they play the Browns Week 10, and they play the Redskins Week 9, which is this week, and they – they have the Dolphins on their schedule, the Broncos, Steelers, Jets. They could pull a win out of their butt in Cowboys land. I don't know, but this team could go 11-5, and five, maybe even 12-4. and four. Yeah. But what do you um, want to say? Their schedule is so weak, and it's just not even fair that they get so lucky with the fact that they have such a weak schedule and most teams, if they had that week of a schedule, they would most likely win that same amount of games. But they're just getting lucky that they're playing so many bad teams early in the season, which is making people think they're a good team. Um, The Browns suck. We already talked about that. I mean, Seattle looks really good. Going back to the Browns for a second, god damn those guys suck. Yeah, they're really it's bad. It's absolutely embarrassing. People thought there could be the best team in the AFC this year. I didn't obviously think that, but they suck. Let's just put it at that. They're absolutely god-awful. OBJ is terrible. Baker Mayfield's overrated. Nick Chubb is decent. And 
it's not much else there. Let's go to our Week 9 NFL preview really quick. The Redskins and the Bills, that, that game is just unwatchable. I think the Redskins could pull it out, though, because the Bills, I think, are bad. Yeah, I do think I think the Redskins could pull it out, but I'm going to go with the Bills. Right. Because the Redskins still are horrible. And just, it just, Bills are okay, but they're not Redskins. The terrible. Redskins defense did does look a little bit promising, though. Would you have to agree? Yes, they do have a lot of young pieces like Montez Sweat uh, and other young talent on the defense that could become really good later. And our next game, Titans-Panthers, is also unwatchable. Those teams, I don't think Kyle Allen is the real deal. I don't think Ryan Tannehill can lead this Titans team. I don't know who's going to win, but they're just unwatchable. Would you agree? Uh, yes. Uh, the Panthers do have still have a shot at the playoffs, but the Titans, in my opinion, are out of it. And Ryan Tannehill is, was a backup for a reason, and he hasn't really deserve to be a starter in this league. Okay, our next unwatchable is the Jets and the Dolphins. Those are the two worst teams. I don't think we need to go any further with that. I want to say the two worst teams in the NFL because the Bengals still exist, but we'll get to the Bengals in a little bit. We'll just say it's pretty. Yeah, Sam Darnold and his ghost-seeing talent. I'd like to see how he can do that, but he's... I still believe in this guy. He turns the ball over a lot, but he's a he's a good quarterback. He'll learn. He'll learn. He's young. He's he was pro- the youngest player out of the, all those quarterbacks drafted in that class with Allen, Rosen, Mayfield, and him. Obviously, um, I do think he will. Him or Josh Allen will become the best quarterback out of that class. Okay, our next unwatchable. Colts, Steelers, I wouldn't say unwatchable, but the Steelers, I just hate watching. And I think it's a winner-go-home for the Steelers. Yeah, it's not really a winner-go-home game, but it's just like... For the Steelers. Because no one really cares. Steelers, in my opinion, won't make the playoffs. They have a chance, but they're just nothing special. All right, let's speed it up a little bit. Let's go to Browns and Broncos. This game is horrible. I think the Browns suck. I think the Broncos are even worse without Joe Flacco. Yeah, especially because Brandon Allen. I don't think I've ever heard of that guy in my entire life. And they're, giving watching... him a, they're giving him a good chance, though. Yeah, and if the and if Drew Locke were starting, I actually think this game would be more entertaining. But since Drew Locke's been on IR and probably will be on IR the entire season, um, there's no point in really watching this game at all. All right, let's go to our winner-go-home games. It's... 49ers and Cardinals. This is obviously a winner go home for only the Cardinals because I think they could still compete, but what do you think? Yeah, the Cardinals can still compete because of that high-powered offense, really, even if they lose, but they're still not... And they're far away, but they're not far away from being a good team in this league. They were so bad last year, but they really turned it around this year, and I think they'll probably win about six or seven games, which isn't bad for... Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury's um, first year as a head coach because people thought they might be even worse, but I think they will be better. Uh, and our next unwatchable game is... Not unwatchable. Not unwatchable. Um, winner go home game is, a Lions, is the Lions versus the Raiders. And let's be real here. I don't think the Lions can win going to California, but 
they might pull it out. Yeah, if they were, in my opinion, playing any other California team, like the Chargers, the Rams, or the 49ers, this is an easy loss for line, easy pick here. But since it's the Raiders, the Raiders are maybe not the worst team. It's just it's just the Raiders. And I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm sorry, but I am. The Raiders have looked very impressing. Derek Carr, I still believe in him. I think he's very, very good. He's not super young, but I still think he can com- um, improve under John Gruden. And um, the rookie running back, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has looked great blocking. He he got bigger since the uh, the combine and the draft. Bigger muscle. Tyrell Williams getting at least a touchdown every game this season. I did my fact-checking. And um, Darren Waller is a great young player who had an, has an amazing story. Well, not a story, but breaking out this year. And he can block very well. I think this team is all around a great team. But let's go to our next. Well, let's take the Lions. Their defense is bad. The offense, I think they can compete with good defenses. Um, the Lions here, they're going to have to throw the ball. The Raiders are going to try and chew up the clock, but I don't think the Raiders can score with the Lions. I think their defenses are both equivalently bad, but I just don't think the Raiders are going to have enough. They're not going to be able to score as many times as the Lions can. Obviously, that's the goal in football, to score the most amount of times and score the most amount of points. And I think the Lions will do that and score more points because... Their offense is just better, and even though there's not much of a threat in the running game, I just think they, they're they very hard to stop in the passing game. Bears-Eagles, next on, or win or go home, the last one. Bears, I think it's win or go home. They are already 3-4, and four, and I think they will lose this game. Um, I'm actually going to disagree with you very strongly here. Um, even though it's an away game for the Bears— the Eagles have looked very shaky, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And Mitch Trubisky is obviously a terrible quarterback. He's, but you have to cut him some slack. He's played some pretty good defenses with some pretty good secondaries, and I just think he's going to he's going to kind of get Chicago's fans' hope back because he's just going to eat alive that Eagles secondary because that secondary is absolutely ter- terrible. I do think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback here, but I think the Bears can are starting to finally use David Montgomery. They have, in my opinion, the best offensive. They have the best receiver there in in the game, not in the NFL, but between the two teams, in Allen Robinson. And I just think that the Bears have a better defense as well and will be able to stop the Eagles from scoring. I'm going to disagree with you because... The Eagles have are 0-2 against NFC teams, or NFC North teams, I'm sorry. But that was against the Lions team, who they just played horrible, and the Vikings team. It's very hard to win in Minneapolis, Minneapolis excuse me. And I think the Eagles will win. I think the Bears' offense is very overrated. I don't think they're rated great, but I think they're bad. The defense, though, they're... They're definitely not as good as last year's, but let's just move on to the great to the good games that we are excited to watch, starting with the Texans in Jacksonville playing the Jaguars. 
Yeah, good game here. This is not in Jacksonville. This is actually in London. It's a 9.30 game. London, sorry. And because it's in London, everybody's going to be watching it. So most people, whether they like it or not, they're going to watch the game because it's two of two not terrible teams with Minshew. I think Minshew's the future there. I think Nick Foles will could possibly have a new home at or Minshew, but I think Minshew is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Deshaun Watson, obviously, if the Texans win the AFC South and possibly get a top two seed, could compete for the MVP award. And Hopkins is finally starting to turn it on, and I think it's just going to be a very, very good game. Um, I do too, except I think the big loss is Will Fuller. Yes, um, it does. Hopkins has been having a not amazing season. Maybe not season. Yeah, you could say season. Because Fuller had been getting a lot of targets because they've been doubling Hopkins so much. But I think Hopkins has been getting more targets because Fuller has been out. All right, we're going to move really quick here. Vikings-Chiefs, just a great game, even without Mahomes. Um, Great defense versus bad defense. And we'll just see what happens. The Bucks Seahawks, you could say this isn't the best game, but I think Jameis Winston is the most fun quarterback to watch. Would you agree? Yeah, he's not a great quarterback, but he's just very, very fun to watch and will score a lot of points. It also is very entertaining to see him turn the ball over eight times a game. So is Russell Wilson. He's very fun to watch. But anyway, Packers, Chargers, I think any game – where it's in L.A., where a team from the other side of the country is coming from, just because it could be tight. But the Patriots-Ravens game, that's a Sunday night football game, finally a good Sunday night football game. This game is huge playoff incompletions. Just playoff, a a big game for both teams' playoff hopes. Well, not playoff hopes, playoff seedings. Aspirations. And... Dallas and New York, I think that um, Daniel Jones, I went to the game against the Lions. Daniel Jones is very fun to watch with Saquon Barkley. And and um, Cowboys, we'll see how they come out after the bye. We'll just say that. But on to our second topic here today, the MLB, the World Series, we're just going to do a quick recap of game one, two, three, four, and five, and then we'll... Give our little predictions of game six and seven. So far, the series is a 3-2 in Houston's favor. We'll start off with game one. In game one, uh, Garrett Cole really struggled, and a lot of people didn't know why. And um, Scherzer, Scherzer looked okay, was able to get the win, but not much there. Hey, that's all that matters, though, right? And after that, you know, on the hitting side of the ball for both teams, there was really no standout star. It was a close game. Juan Soto looks Juan, like a future superstar. In yeah, this he's really good, and they didn't lose much when they lost Bryce Harper. The they right probably, fielder. They probably gained a lot with being able to play Juan Juan Soto a lot more. Into game two. two, Verlander gets absolutely rocked. Rocked. Rocked, and I don't even know what to talk about here. Um, very shocking. Um, the four, five, six hitter, four, five, six, seven, and eight hitters. Um, for the, the Nationals have absolutely huge games. I think they all went two for five, and maybe all of them had homers. It was something like 12 
to three or four, and it wasn't even close from the start. Game three, the Astros won a must-win game. Yes. Um, when it's a must-win game, obviously you need to win. And Granky pitches the be- pitched the best out of all three of their main starters, and he looked like the ace, to be honest, so far through the three games. And um, not much on the hitting side of the ball, except Michael Brantley had a really good game. With he went two for four, and was able to I think had a homer or two. Um, game four, the Astros pound them. They they, they, they pounded Corbin. Corbin. There, he was supposed to be their number three pitcher. He's he was good throughout the season, but not really in the postseason. Struggling a lot, and the Astros starting pitcher. I'm not exactly sure how to say his name. I don't want to mispronounce it. But he had a very good game. He had a shutout through five innings. They kind of wanted to. They, I wouldn't say save him, but they didn't want to throw him too much because he hadn't pitched so much this year. And um, Bregman and Brantley had unbelievable games. Yep. And Looks game five, good. Cole had a very good bounce back game. From uh, game one. Yep. He had pitched seven innings like he always usually does. Had, I think, one run and one hit. And then uh, Alvarez, their rookie, probably sh- is going to win rookie of the year in the MLB or in the uh, AL. Looked like an absolute monster. And he looked very strong and powerful with if, that shot. If the, if the Astros want to trade a piece. They have plenty of guys they could trade to upgrade a certain position. Let's say if they lose Garrett Cole, they can easily pick up another guy by trading one of their younger pieces. So let's talk about Game Six here. Let's, it's tonight. Yeah. Um, In. I'm pretty sure Strasburg is going against. It's Verlander. Verlander today, and. Let's make this clear. This is going to be a very important pitching duel between these two. Sure, Verlander has not been great in these playoffs going 1-3, but Strasburg has been absolutely... 4-0, 1.93 ERA to be exact, 40 strikeouts, and he just looked great. But the overall team has looked great in the playoffs, surprising us all. And And in my opinion, I'm going to go with the Nationals here. Although it's an away game... They looked like they could win in a away game. Because the Nationals, let's let's just talk about it here. The Nationals have not ever been to a World Series. The Nationals haven't. The Expos have, but the Nationals haven't. And the Nationals are determined to win this series. I don't think they end up coming out with the win the series, but they're not going to want to go on six games. I mean, they're already impressed us all by getting to a sixth game, but I do think that they're able to come out with the win here because Strasburg has just been pitching so well, and I don't think the Astros are going to be able to hit him. And then tomorrow night, if, in my opinion, there's going to be a Game 7, Game 7s are usually very fun to watch. And I'm going to change my mind here. Max Scherzer is going against Zach Greinke. I do think Verlander and Garrett Cole will both probably pitch in this game. Maybe not Verlander, but Garrett Cole will definitely pitch some in this game if the game is relatively close. But it's Max Scherzer, and when he pitches in big games, he is incredible. He usually does not lose them. 
Which is why you would think that they would win. Yes, and I'm going to pick the Nationals here. And the shocking comeback, comeback, you could say start, breakdown, finish get with game six and seven because they have their best two pitchers on the mound. And Verlander's been shaky. Granky's been shaky. and Except that one game where he had a no decision because he didn't pitch the minimum amount of innings. But I'm just going to go with the Nationals here. Um, Can I give my opinion? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just – I don't think we need to talk about Game 7. I think the series is over after tonight. I think Jose Altuve will be the difference maker. I think that Strasburg – that he has not played against the Astros, right? No, he did pitch. He pitched Game 1 or 2. Okay. Um. Anyway, um – I think the Astros lineup, the all-around great lineup, will get ahead of him, and I don't think he's good enough. I don't think... I think he's good enough to do it. I think the Astros are too good to let this go after... I don't think they'll lose the series after winning three straight. We'll just say that. Um, Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's all we got for today. I want to thank you guys for watching, and... well. Before we gate, say our goodbyes. Um, tell us how you like the new format of us doing more or less tap topics and us just getting more in detail with them. DM us on um, Instagram, hen underscore l underscore pod. You can find us on Instagram, and our personal Instagrams are in the are in that description. And just give us some feedback. Anything else you want to say before? Uh, no, I think that's it uh, for what we have today. I want to thank you guys all for watching, and we'll see you guys next time on the Hen L Sports Pod.